Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Finnovate Podcast. My name is Greg Palmer. Happy to have you with us today. Joining me today, we have two guests. We have Roman Twill of FinTech Unicorn Business from Microsoft and Paul Walker joining me from Helix. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining me. Thanks, Greg. So I'll give you each a little bit of time to just introduce yourselves. Uh, please do keep it brief so we can save as much time for the rest of the conversation. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, but Paul, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about your background and where you're coming from. Yeah, Greg, appreciate the time today. Uh, so I've been working in financial services for almost 25 years now. Spent most of that time with banks and credit unions focused on digital transformation. I currently head up revenue and partnerships for Helix, which is Q2's banking as a services division. And what we're doing now is working mostly with fintechs and brands to deliver banking services. So debit cards, checking accounts, savings accounts, those type of things to embed that within their apps. So um, Helix is the platform that powers these services and uh, we're doing that in a cloud native core running on Microsoft Azure. Excellent, Roman, how about you? Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Um, so my name is Roman Schwill. I, I lead the FinTech Unicorn market here for high tech pursuits at Microsoft. And we're looking at the Microsoft market a little differently in the sense that, you know, we're uh, in the fintech market. We're essentially looking at you know banking. We're looking at capital markets, uh, insure tech, and social tech. We'll talk a bit about that today. But I'm super excited to be here, and thanks for having us. Yeah. So I mean, we're really kind of here to talk about the partnership that you all have put together, which is really interesting. Um, you know, I think let's start at just a really high level about where this partnership came from, and you know what kind of the, the high level goals are, and how you all are aligned. Um, Roman, let's start with you. Yeah, well, so, you know, uh, Microsoft's mission is to empower every person in every organization on the planet to achieve more. And that's a mission we hold dear and near to our hearts. And, you know, as part of moving forward with helping financial fairness and equality in the markets, you know, Helix has been an amazing partner. They share the similar values with us. They have a very similar mission. And I'll pass it on to Paul. But, you know, this is just a great marriage uh, in heaven for us to work together. Great. Thanks, Roman. Uh, yeah, I mean, from day one, we felt like Microsoft Azure was the right technology partner to uh, really build from from a technology perspective. And after years of successful relationship and partnership, I had an opportunity to be introduced uh, to Roman here recently and uh, really his focus on the fintech market. We just quickly realized our two organizations just had a lot of alignment. And, you know, you just heard uh, Microsoft's mission and, and vision. And, you know, from our standpoint, Q2's broader mission is building strong and diverse communities by strengthening the financial institutions that serve them. And so I think when we started to really discuss, you know, what does that mean in, in our respective worlds and, and how do we leverage technology and innovation to go make social impact and change? I think it just opened up a lot of different interesting discussions between us. And I think we both agreed that embedded finance um, is really a huge opportunity for the underserved market. And Currently, we're helping several brands together, like Acorns, Credit Karma, Gusto. These are all brands that have, uh, you know, real scale and are, are focused on these segments. And I think, you know, one of my key goals uh, today is just to make real impact and change. And how can Helix and Microsoft, you know, share our partnership story and um, work with other companies out there looking to do the same? 
Yeah, no, I mean, certainly if you look at where financial technology has the ability to really make an impact on a social scale, it's clear that we're just now scratching the surface of what's possible. One of the things that's really fun for me, you know, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, across the space. And one of the things, whenever you talk about, you know, what's one of the biggest failures, what's one of the things that's missing from what fintech has done so far? I think this looking at kind of the underserved markets, the unbanked, underbanked people is always one of the first topics that people bring up. At the same time, you know, if you ask people what's the biggest opportunity in fintech, it's really almost the exact same answer, which is, you know, of course, that there's a huge number of people who aren't customers yet, but can be customers. There's this massive opportunity for a win-win here. And I think, you know, this is one of those things where I just love to see this kind of partnership take place. Um, I, I guess my next question for you is, you know, do you see this more as kind of a new opportunity or rectifying a problem that's been existing in the industry for too long? Or maybe, maybe it's both. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's a new opportunity per se. Um, I just think there's been a lot more attention brought to this uh, in recent years. And I just saw a report yesterday where over 61 or right at 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That's up 6% from last year, which was all, already a staggering number. So it's not headed in the right direction, obviously. I think the other stats you're hearing is 60% of people can't afford um, an emergency of over $1,000. I think these are real problems. I mean, when you think about consumers out there that have a car repair, air conditioning go out, you lose your job. I mean, these really impact folks from being able to uh, make these payments and and do it responsibly. And so as a general statement, I don't think this is really, you know, a market to go focus on, um, you know, unless you have the right reasons like corporate responsibility. You know, my sense is if if you're thinking you're going to go after this market, to go profit from, I think that's going to open up the predatory side of what we've seen for so many years. And so I think ultimately trying to target this market with the right solutions and tailoring products that make sense is going to be huge. And I think there is real change starting to happen. I mean, we're seeing new fintechs come out with you know things that have put pressure on traditional banking. And that could be getting your paycheck a couple of days early. It could be um, the waiving of NSF fees, all these things really, you know, came from the fintech space, being creative around packaging, being creative around knowing their audience and actually caring about the audience in a way that wasn't trying to squeeze, you know, the best margins out of it possible. So um, definitely, I don't think it's a new problem. Um, I think it's a, a problem that a lot of companies have shifted a focus. And uh, again, the problem is far from solved, but I think there's some early indications that. Uh, you know, we've made more progress in the last few years than we have, I think, the previous three decades. Yeah, no, absolutely. Roman, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I think there's two additional points I want to bring forward. It's, 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 it's also, there's, there's the builders and then there's the market. And, and so what I'm seeing in the market um, is I'm seeing people like, like, and I said this to Paul a few times in the past, you know, you know, his, his grandmother, my grandmother and grandparents would probably get dressed up, you know, and, and get in the car and drive to... Uh, you know, their local bank in the community and, and, and very proudly park in front of that bank and open the door and walk inside, say hi to the teller and say, hi, Sally, how are you? And how are the kids? And, and that ceremony was so special when you paid that mortgage, you felt so good about it. And that was in the 1950s, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Well, the world's changed today. And we're seeing the majority of the market, this, this underserved market, move towards more of the Walmarts, the Dollar Generals, 
The 7-Elevens, they're, they're moving to that space. They do that one shop, they park their car, they buy their medical, they get their eyes taken care of, prescriptions, blood pressure. They do buy now, pay later. They're, they're, that becomes now that trusted area where they don't necessarily would go to a bank or they've been denied in the past or over generations have never had a good fondness for a bank and or no, there are their products for, for them to have from the bank. And so that is kind of what the markets, in, in my opinion, is moving to that direction. It's moving to evolving to social fairness, social goodness, where people do one-stop shopping, and we're getting a bit more um, uh, fair access and equal access to to where they live and where they where they breathe every day. The second is the builders, and that that's around the future builders of fintech companies, and, and they're not just building tech for tech. They're they're looking at and partnering with companies like like Helix and Microsoft based on their social values. You know, there are organizations who are saying, you know, I agree with your mission. I agree, we need to make a difference. So I'm the former Goldman Sachs executive. I'm the former Morgan Stanley executive. I'm the former whomever executive. You know, I want to I want to make the world a better place. And I'm going to pick companies and technologies that have a similar mission and value. Just like we have carbon credits and we have fair trade and, and coffee and in and, and other areas. We're seeing that in technology as well. So we've got the builders and the market moving in the right direction, I think, for a better world in a better place. Yeah, well, you hit on a couple of things there, which are really interesting. I think the first one is looking at kind of the relationship of trust, where you have consumers who are going to seek these services out from uh, retailers or from other people because they have a trusting relationship with that retailer. They're willing to go and share all manner. You know, as you pointed out, you can get prescriptions filled there. You can get your eyes checked, all these sort of personal details. And, and you have this sense of trust with, with uh, this kind of company, which maybe you don't feel like you have with your local financial institution or maybe... In many cases, you've been kind of actively discouraged from going to that financial institution. You know, we've had guests on this podcast certainly talking about people who get kind of vibed out of their financial institution because they're not the right color or the right gender or things like that. And there's certainly when you introduce things like language barriers and income barriers, all of a sudden you've got a huge number of people who don't have the relationship of trust with their financial institution, which is obviously a really massive problem. And you know, from an innovation standpoint, you can create tools that can help combat this, but creating that trusted relationship is obviously so much more difficult because that has to be done over time and one misstep can, can really set you back dramatically. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of this current situation that we're in. You know, Paul, you talked about some of the alarming stats about where people are at and some of these things which you've heard about how you know few people are able to handle a $1,000 expense. Why do you think this moment right now mm -hmm. is the right time to really look at kind of tackling this change? Is it you know the, a population that's right for it? The innovation that we have is able to meet the challenge. You know more data available now. I mean, it seems like there's sort of maybe a perfect storm coming of all these pieces kind of lining up in a way that we can make some meaningful headway here. Yeah, I mean, Greg, I think you you kind of really set the table well on that. I, I think if you almost look post-financial crisis and the emergence of fintech, right? There was an appetite for these new companies to come out and serve these underserved markets. And I think the business model was there. No one was worried about profitability, et cetera. And, and there was you know, a lot of, I think, meaningful change that was starting to happen. What I still think lacked considerably um, around that change was the fact that if you think just for context about 90 some odd percent of financial institutions today are are basically running legacy technology for full service banking and that's predating the internet normally 40 years old and 
a lot of the fintechs that have decided to go out and launch these different products, they're still having to partner with a bank that is sitting on legacy technology. And yeah, there's been some innovation with middlewares, but, you know, candidly, you know, that still creates more cost burden. It's got tremendous limitations. Um, there's really more areas for, you know, instability and like downtime, those type of things. And I think that's why we're, we're pretty passionate about kind of a modern tech stack that can cost effectively bring up new programs very efficiently. And that's one of the benefits we have working with uh, Microsoft is how we've been able to structure this very cost effectively. But on top of that, really eliminate that cost burden that ultimately finds its way to the end consumer. I think that's a critical piece because one, you've got to break the one size fits all mindset. And then two, how do you go tailor these products cost effectively to segments of the market that otherwise just, you know, those products were never designed for them. And I think you really hit on a great point around, you know, the Walmarts and the 7-Elevens, that trusted brand that, you know, some of those segments have been uh, built that trust over time. Well, how do we continue to build that trust? Well, you've got to go deliver products that, you know, align with their their value and their their brand, um, not just a one size fits all that they got from their bank. And I think that's an important piece that uh, we feel pretty passionate that the technology has evolved. There are players like Helix and others in the market that I think can start to move the needle for these larger companies that ultimately, that's how you impact the masses. And we're talking some pretty large numbers. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think uh, there, there's certainly a lot of things to, to chime in there. Roman, did you have one you wanted to add here before? We yeah, no, I, I think, you know, a lot of banks have taken their products and they've made them omni-channel. They put them web-based, mobile-based. They made them to put the skins on so people can access them to multiple devices. You know, that, that's, that's, that's fine. I, I think the embedded side is really important. So let, let's go a few steps further and look at the folks that cut the grass, the folks that take care of kids, the folks that clean houses, the folks that perhaps don't have necessarily bank accounts, but yet want to pay their, their AT&T bill, right? And how do they do that? I mean, they have to go to the store, waste a lot of time. And, and so the idea of digitizing that cash to, 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 to money, to, 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 uh, from, from cash to, to, to credit, to, to a digital entity, a card of some kind, working with those digital banks, if you will, and, and being able to enable and, and make their lives a lot easier, I think is, is a great step. Even think about children, young people, when they clean your house, when they do their 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 dishes or their or their or their chores, it would be nice to give them a digital card they could move cash onto and they can go and buy their games and, and play Xbox all day long. You know, there's a lot of ways we can begin to innovate and help. You know, we're looking at the timing of, of our parents and perhaps grandparents. You know, micro investing in financial fairness is a really new way to get people to better to a better space, to a better area. Uh, micro lending and all these different areas are now becoming more and more streamlined, more more mainstreamed and real. And that also is very important. And I want to really double click on the embedded side. You know, we have to think how to embed the technology in the user experience, not just give people access to different, you know, technologies, if you will, or other other uh, devices. It really has to be relevant. So when you walk into that bank or you walk into the Walmart store, it, they know who you are. They, it's more embedded. It's, it's a better experience. It's, it's smarter. It's intuitive. It's impressive. And that's what's going to make the underserved more trusting with this technology is that it's actually helping them, not creeping them, if you will. There's a way to look at that. And, and I think it's important to look at it from that perspective. 
Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, if you look at it from my perspective, I think there's a couple of really big pieces that I can't believe still haven't been done. I still can't believe that a huge percentage of people have to pay a fee just to access their own paycheck, just to be able to get that money. It boggles my mind. How is check cashing still a thing in 2022? And, you know, obviously bringing them into the credit sphere as well. Without access to to credit, you really are incredibly limited in what you can accomplish. And, you know, if we can just fix those two areas, you know, think about how many people will have just a exponentially uh, more profitable future, more financial wellness. So, um, you know, I do see we're kind of coming up at the end of our time. I want to make sure we get to this next piece because where this conversation frequently breaks down in my uh, experience is, you know, this all sounds good. I want to help. I don't know what to do next. I think sometimes it can be so daunting. And so I think the question is, you know, what are you looking for out of the fintech community? How can people who are listening or watching this who want to help, how can they come and become a part of it? And Roman, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, thanks very much. I think we've got three primary uh, sort of high-level goals towards what what is a unicorn. And I'm wearing the jacket here because I'm very proud to work with the unicorns. And it's really, I mean, these these companies are putting the customer at the center of everything. They're really looking at it mapping backwards from the customer and adding that benefit to the point of embedded, to the point of value add, to the point of impressiveness, not creeping, but benefit and helping. The second area is, you know, these companies that we're working with are trailblazers. They're really changing the world. They're, they're making the world a better place in the sense that they're not really following someone's path and making it better. They're, they're iterating, they're looking at themselves and they're reinventing themselves constantly. They're not saying we've perfected everything. Nothing's perfect. We're going to always iterate and make things better and innovative and, and, and impress the market. And finally, if you can really help make the world a better place, help that wire transfer, that money movement from, from Seattle to Singapore a little bit more efficiently and cost-effective. And I'm not talking about $1,000 movement. I'm talking about $50 movement and I have to pay $40 SWIFT fees because that, that's complete ripoff, if you will. You know, there we can make the world a better place, make it fair, level the playing field. Everyone's entitled to fairness, transparency, and inequality. I think it's really a great mission. And then the other area I want to double-click on quickly, and I know I'm taking up a bit of time, is you know, I want people to look at Microsoft a little bit differently than they have in the past. You know, we've got Teams, Bing, Surface, uh, we've got Xbox, LinkedIn, GitHub, we've got Dynamics, we've got great partnerships, we've got great resellers and development communities. We've also got this massive diverse population of underserved and overserved. We've got millennials, students, gamers, small retail, large players, large retailers. And we also have these people living in our products for eight hours a day or more. So it's no longer just a, a big technology company, it's a pretty small country with that GDP of digital influence. So the idea is think creatively how to plug into the Microsoft ecosystem. Think how to change gamers' lives, how to change LinkedIn lives through fintech innovation. I think we'll get a lot a lot further in the world. There's not much I can add to that, Roman. Um, at the end of the day, I, th I think you know we understand our role as a technology enablement company, and we also feel like we know how to help bring a lot of these pieces together. Again, it's bringing that sponsor bank relationship. It's bringing the technology. It's understanding the roles and responsibilities of delivering a product like this and making it easy for someone that wants to make it very turnkey or someone that wants to bring a lot of this um, in-house and have a lot of control over it. You know, we, we can definitely work with companies of all desires. And I think for us in particular, you know, we're just thrilled to be partners with Microsoft and work with them in their ecosystem of companies that are also trying to solve these same problems because I think in, in that world, Microsoft being a, a trusted advisor with the reach and scale they have, um, and us being able to demonstrate the success that we have with several leading brands, it's, you know, I guess more so than anything, it's it, for us, it's a call to action. And um, I'd love to be able to 
you know, take any inbound calls. And I know Roman would be very willing to do the same and help uh, really try to give as much guidance as possible, whether we're the right provider or not, you know, time will tell, but I think we feel very good about what we're doing together and uh, love to have those conversations. And together yeah. we're stronger. And if we can focus on the next hundred million, it's a good mission to work together. We invite others to join us in that mission. Let's make the world a better place. Yeah, well, as I said at the start, I mean, it's great to see this partnership come to fruition and what you're able to accomplish is really impressive. And I think it just kind of underscores that we're at a position right now where real change, significant change is probably more possible now than it ever has been in any of our fintech lives. So you know, I think for anybody out there listening who's got a potentially game-changing idea, now is the time to, to pull it off. And you've got two potential really strong partners here who can help take you to that next level. Um, there's a lot of problems that need to be solved. There's a lot of technology out there that can be pointed at those problems. And I think this is a really exciting time for people who've been following this space. And hopefully we see some really significant change in the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years. Um, so again, I've been talking with Roman Schwill and Paul Walker, a really fascinating conversation. There's so much more that we could have uh, dived into today. We unfortunately don't have time for. I would encourage anybody to follow up. We'll have some information in the description on this episode where you can reach out to them and get some more information on what they're working on. In the meantime, thank you both so much for joining me. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.